Mm-hmm. We're live. <laughs> no. Yeah, we're on the air. Uh, oh, survived another week. Show almost. Well, Fuck. I guess it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's only Tuesday. It's only Mer- Tuesday. Oh God, I think I heard Mercury's going into retrograde. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's Friday the thirteenth. Anyway, welcome to Castles and Cryptids where the castles are haunted and the cryptids are cryptic as fuck i'm alana i'm kelsey (laughs) um and it's a week where friday the 13th is coming up in real life but yeah that doesn't this doesn't air on that date (laughs) no (laughs) you guys have survived it if you're listening to this in the future yeah by the time this airs (laughs) uh yeah i guess it comes out are we ahead we're like a little bit ahead that's why yeah when we record this we'll be like a week and a half ahead go us (laughs) with still a patreon to record all right yeah that that always puts us behind (laughs) (laughs) i know it's hard because we love it (laughs) yeah oh god yeah um that's really exciting and you guys just enjoyed our two-parter on Jeffrey Dahmer thanks for yeah sticking with us for that our, one <laughs> our deep dive became a I don't know like a submarine b- mission that never ended like it just <laughs> kept on going and yeah I don't know ship terms <laughs> I'll ask Ressa, the Navy person. <laughs> yeah. Even, yeah, because she went, she was on a ship for like six months. And even if it's not a submarine, like a lot of the time they spent below decks. Mm. Um, no thanks. And it just, yeah, 12 hours without sunlight coming in through the windows and whatever. <laughs> Sounds kind of awful. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I can do some prep that. for the pandemic. <laughs> isolation no no did she tell you what she thought of part one i wanted oh she was excited for it yeah um she was texting me because she it came out and then she got her birthday card from me that day too (laughs) so she was like then the dobber episode dropped and i was like oh yeah yeah I wanted to be like one of two, <laughs> but that yeah. was obvious if you listen to the episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I learned a lot. I know a few people said they didn't, they learned a bunch of stuff they didn't know. So, yeah, it was that's cool. It was pretty interesting. It was a good episode. Enjoyed recording it and researching it. Well, and if like if things are. Some things just take two episodes or yeah. hours at least to talk about. I've seen three part and four part, you know, little mini series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't have, I don't I haven't had the attention span for it to, to do anything no. like that myself. <laughs> no, I could do like a few more like two parts, but I feel like more than that is, yeah, it's a lot to be keeping talking about the same thing like repetitively yeah yeah no I I listen to podcasts like that if they're 
like actual journalists and they have four or five six episodes and then they have like you know actual interviews with people yeah. and stuff like that that's different because that will keep your like those those can be really, really well done but that's not us no <laughs> i'm not out there with a microphone and i'm not gonna go visit i'm not a journalist mark. i'm not gonna go visit mark twitchell just because he's in a freaking prison near us yeah you don't know no. who that is that's because you're one of the many many people who didn't listen to dexter episode <laughs> yeah which was a good one so you should first came out it was one of our biggest episodes and now it's like one of the lowest <laughs> that means that's yeah. good we're growing i don't know. i don't take offense whatever people <laughs> a lot of people like one off will find a podcast or whatever or mm-hmm. only like certain types of things so i don't fault um yeah. i I casual listeners yeah Yeah, they don't like consume every episode of yours but if there's something they're interested in they'll listen to it or whatever yeah doesn't fuck me sure and I'll take the diehard fans I love you (laughs) don't start stalking us oh gosh as long as you donate to patreon you can stalk a little bit you have my consent (laughs) You can stalk Alana. Kelsey does not consent to stalking. <laughs> Speaking um, of stalking, no. <laughs> stalking. It's a bit of a segue. It's a bit of a segue. A segue. Um, I recently had to decide whether or not to give out my address or like, you know, how you might want to give out your business address if you have to give out your address to someone you don't like to, to receive something. Mm-hmm. I won an Instagram contest there oh, was cool. a giveaway yeah and it was a cryptid themed giveaway of course it was <laughs> <laughs> yes our follows on instagram of course our castles and cryptids but um I, I follow we follow um this lady that does really cool art called the her, her handle is the crescent hair <laughs> hair is oh, in like the rabbit, rabbit. yeah okay. exactly so shout out to her because she had this cool little contest where it was like a, it's a cryptid um, uh, horoscope. So like each, oh, it was like comment, that's what like, you were telling me about. Was I okay? Yeah, okay. Because like you comment what you're like. I'm like I'm a Pisces, and she's like your cryptid is a Loch Ness monster, and then it's like this. Yeah, it's a cryptid theme like coloring book, and then there's like a sticker of this weird ass cryptid that we haven't talked about yet um that kind of looks like a seal that has like a wheel at the end of its tail i have not looked up how to pronounce so i could attempt the pronunciation isagadunk (laughs) isagadunk interesting i'll show so definitely okay when i get the stuff because they're mailing it to me Mm-hmm. Then I'll show the stickers and stuff on our Instagram and all that, and we'll cool do a little thing. We won yeah. a contest! Yay! Yeah, <laughs> I love that because sometimes people just do that, and all you have to do is like comment, like you know, whatever, follow them, and you're like easy. <laughs> I love your yeah. stuff. I'm already following you. Sure, <laughs> we could do that. That's cool. Maybe when we get some stickers. Yeah, manifesting stickers. Yeah, but anyway, that's about all the good news I have. 
Everything else um, has been kind of but <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess we haven't even said what this week's episode or this current episode's about, but <laughs> that tracks. Uh, <laughs> what is it about? <laughs> we say mysteries of the human body. They're like, I guess, more medical mysteries, just weird things that happen to the human body. And like, however, we wanted to interpret that. This was so Kelsey could shoehorn in spontaneous human combustion. A thousand percent. Because I'm so obsessed. Yeah, I went it. with the, that theme of like physical paranormal. Yeah. Yes. Not dissimilar to the medical mysteries episode in a way, but. Which is cool. I'm still yeah. really excited. Bizarre bodies. Bizarre <laughs> so bodies. Call it. Uh, I don't know if I could ever learn how to spell bizarre without freaking getting it highlighted every time by word being like you've spelled this wrong in six different ways oh probably double the z instead of the r's (laughs) always seems to be I never think there's a double r in anything (laughs) just added to the list of other words I can't spell restaurant uh experience I never spell properly um, for me it's the word definitely that one I'm always definitely like, yeah definitely. lately <laughs> yeah and lately for some stupid reason I've spelled the word episode wrong never in my life before the I last two weeks fucking... <laughs> I can't Hi. no but the word episode is just like a typo um clusterfuck yeah. did he step on the computer because... yeah Oh God. He Gordon? scrolled down to the end of my notes and like, and it said my oh, internet connection ugh. was unstable and it was scary. So, cause like, there was a weird thing where I was editing part one, episode one of Jeffrey Dahmer and mm. the one segment like randomly, like in the middle got, we got like twice as loud. Like I took a picture of the audio oh. file because our like things just went <laughs> exploded like and I was really? like why are we so much louder and then when I listened back to it it was like not long after you were like Gordo just stepped on my computer <laughs> oh my god like, damn it I was like that's the only thing I, I don't know if that's it I can't confirm but it was weird uh. <laughs> so mine's kind of on the lighter side I guess you mean people burning to death isn't light (laughs) and it's it's got some fun names in it descriptions I guess I'm sure you'll get to it Um, I did upload some pictures to the drive oh yeah nice you gotta have examples of spontaneous human combustion because that's what got me interested question mark in the first place being like well how does that happen well um, it's fascinating it's yeah terrifying probably from like watching a little like special about it I honestly don't know where I heard about this the first time but um I've had a fascination with it ever since and it's weird yeah. something I think that you're it's not un, unusual for kids to know about. <laughs> yeah. Like quicksand, spontaneous human combustion. 
Yeah, I don't know a lot about quicksand either. <laughs> yeah, I always like the things online that are like, being a kid and hearing about quicksand, you thought you were going to encounter it all the time. And like, no time ever have I been near quicksand. <laughs> yeah, life isn't a Jumanji board game. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so are we. <laughs> extremely. Yeah, so I've been kind of interested in, like, spontaneous human combustion for a while, and, like, just understanding how it happens to people. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was kind of interesting Crazy. to have a chance to dive into it. Yeah, <laughs> this is why we made a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Just to look up the stuff we really want to know more about. Right? We think you do, too. <laughs> Um, so spontaneous human combustion is a phenomena of combustion of a living or even recently deceased person that starts without an apparent external source of ignition. So it's normally not immediately known what may have caused the fire. And reported situations typically describe a fire that starts and remains inside a victim's body, which is an interesting way um, of describing it. <laughs> I guess it starts and remains in the victim's body? Okay. Yeah. It's like it's all fully contained. Yeah. So for an object to combust simultaneously... There are three things that need to happen. First, the object must be heated to its ignition temperature. And an ignition <laughs> temperature is like the point at which that object will catch fire without right. being exposed okay. by an external flame or a spark. Um, so without you oh, just like okay. setting it on fire, it everything has like a temperature it can be heated to what um, for it to, like, catch fire. Right. Like, if you put a piece of paper in the oven, it wouldn't necessarily need a spark to catch on fire. Yeah, it would just, it would just be the heat. It would fucking... Exactly. Yeah, totally. So, if the heat that's building up inside the object can't escape, and if it's being exposed to a steady flow of oxygen that isn't, uh, like, rapid enough to cool down the heat then uh, it is likely that a spontaneous ignition would happen. Um, so kind of, I guess I always think of like a campfire or something when you're talking about that, where like if you're trying to get it started and you're trying to blow on it, um, sometimes that works, but if you blow too hard, sometimes you just blow out the flame. I hate it. I am not good at lighting fires. <laughs> I would not do well on that show alone where you're like oh. literally just surviving on your own skills. <laughs> See, I love fires and I love campfires and bonfires. So I like setting fires. Oh, yeah. Oh, me too. But nobody else ever seems to want to have one around here. <laughs> no, my favorite thing is just like sitting around a fire. I can just sit and stare at it for like hours. Content. I don't need it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're Melisandre. We've discussed this on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I get, because, like, Pat will be like, I think you just had too much of that in the army. Oh, uh, you know? okay. So 
uh, he just won't be like, I just don't want to go out there and get all smelling like campfire. And I'm like, oh my god, I love the smell of wood smoke. Like, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. but I don't okay. like the smell like cool. linger- lingering in my hair and stuff, but when it's happening. No, it doesn't bother you know? me. Uh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, for spontaneous human combustion... There was an 1823 book that was uh, published called The Medical Jurisprudence. And that's a good word. Yeah, jurisprudence. You don't hear that enough these days. (laughs) I I have never heard that word. I don't even know. I feel like it's, yeah, it sounds pretty legalese. Yeah. Pretty legal speak or whatever. Uh, it stated that commonalities among recorded cases of spontaneous human combustion typically included the following characteristics. Uh, so this is quoted from the book. The recorded cases have these things in common. The victims are chronic alcoholics. They're usually elderly females. This shitty. Yeah. The body Coming has at those elderly female alcoholics there. Yeah. <laughs> um, the body has not burned spontaneously, and but some lighted substance has come into contact with it. The hands and feet usually fall off, and the fire oh. has caused very little damage to combustible things in contact with the body. The combustion of the body has left a residue of, this is so gross, greasy and fetid ashes and a very offensive odor. Um, So it basically just means there's greasy and, like, human body fat melted into everything. It's so... Yeah. Sounds like it would just smell lovely. Everything about it. Air fresheners. Um... And the gross part, too, that I've heard a few times is, like, I mean, if you're hungry enough, like, burning meat smell, or cooking meat smells like cooking or burning meat. And so for a while, it might actually smell good until it didn't. You know what I mean? Ugh. Oh, I yeah. I think about it, but books have made me think about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn it, reading. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, So cases also typically involve some form of alcohol being consumed. Um, And it's kind of a misconception that that has to do with the body burning better or worse and more to do with the fact that uh, it renders a lot of people, like, incapacitated and that they... um, may not wake up oh. if their body is on fire uh if they're like That's passed a... out right yeah it's like an, an additional factor to yeah to wager in there i think that's along the lines of the way people talk about how like oh some people in the cold waters uh, like the trying to survive after the titanic if like they talk about that one guy that was drunk and so supposedly it keeps you warmer or whatever but it really it makes you like maybe feel like and look like you're warmer but you're like 
leeching heat out of you so it's actually yeah. quite a myth they, yeah yeah they did that actually on mythbusters oh okay yeah that's it was kind of cool about it <laughs> um nice yeah they had like thermal body scanners and everything and then they just chugged insane amounts of alcohol and like sat in freezers <laughs> And we're like, do we feel warm? Yes. Are we warm? Absolutely not. Drunk history show meet drunk scientist. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. We're drinking like whiskey for science. Like chugging it. Like literally chugging it. <laughs> so oh. But yeah, I guess we'll have to add um, spontaneous combustion to the list of reasons to to lower or quit your drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, another good reason, you know, right up there with all the, the other yeah. health problems. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, for the history of spontaneous human combustion, it's not a new thing. Uh, descriptions of this bizarre event date all the way back to the 17th century, which is... Holy shit. Yeah, I did not know about that. There is reported cases in the 19th and 20th century all the way up to today that basically all together around the world add up to a few hundred reported cases uh, in the last about 400 years. How many in the last 400, sorry? A few hundred. They normally agree there's about oh. 200 examples of it happening in 400 years. I mean, it ain't nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's so fucking weird that you're like okay yeah. just another thing to think about <laughs> yeah there's a danish anatomist i don't think i've oh. ever tried to say that word all before anatomist named i've ever heard of it yeah <laughs> yeah named thomas bartholon bartholon and he has been credited with penning the first written account of spontaneous human combustion. In 1663, he described how a woman in Paris uh, was quoted as going up in ashes and smoke while she was sleeping. Ooh. It she also was... No one hit her. Yeah. It also was reported that the straw mattress that she was sleeping on was not damaged by the fire. Equally creepy. Straw? That's the yeah. most flammable. <laughs> yeah, so flammable. Wow. And in 17... I assume this is supposed to be 1763, but I put 17,633. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> in 1763-3, a Frenchman... <laughs> I saw something like that the other day. Somebody was commenting on something on Reddit and they wrote 2017, like 2002000. And oh, then God. No. And everyone was like, whoa, I had to read that a few times. And then someone else was like, came trying to come to their aid, being like, they were probably using speech to text, you know, you know. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, maybe. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Numbers are uh, wild. <laughs> yeah, I assume I meant 1763. <laughs> um, there was a Frenchman named Jonas Dupont, and he published a collection of spontaneous combustion cases 
in his work that he titled De Insidious Corpius Humani Spontaneous. Oh, well. Two guesses what that translates to. (laughs) Right? Just add us to the end of everything, basically. (laughs) I'm sure I pronounced it wrong, but... I just basically... I don't know that there's anyone that could correct you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You mean he's not alive from the year (laughs) 17,633? It's from the future. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There's also a Paul Roli, who was a fellow in the Royal Society. So apparently he was important. Um. And in 1746, he published an article in the Philosophical Transactions, and this was concerning the death of a countess, Cornelia Sageri Bandy, in 1745. Oh, her. That countess. Yeah. I know all about her. (laughs) She was found halfway between her bed and her window one morning with everything except her lower legs and three fingers burned. Ew. Yeah. It's like, why were those only left? Because it seems to just obliterate everything else, usually. Yeah, the whole with people having their feet left and stuff, it happens almost every time. There may or may not be a reason for it. We'll get to it. Bizarre. Yeah, truly bizarre. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, she had apparently calmly risen from her bed to open the window in the middle of the night, but she had spontaneously combusted before she could reach the window. And in the room, there was two candles that had been burned or at least... Uh, like, the tallow had been burned, um, so, like, what the candle part was made out of, and it's reported that the wicks, um, of those candles were left completely unburned, and that they stood up, like, rigid. Oh my god. Just to be extra creepy. Everything around it. Yeah. That doesn't seem possible. Right? Yeah. So... I have a few pictures of the cases I'll talk about. I have pictures of what was left. And (laughs) it's kind of hard to confirm when you look up any of these pictures. They basically all get, like, listed as other people's names in almost every picture. So Mm. I did find... I believe it was an article in... It might be, like, a scholarly commons, like, law education thing that was from, like, Northwestern University um, that a guy, like, compiled. So I went based on who he credited the pictures as um, and not necessarily what ones you could always find online for people. Yeah, people could have, you know do a cursory search and then just repost something without yeah truly checking yeah exactly and that seemed to be a lot because i had like some of the pictures i have were credited to like four or five different people so yeah Jeez. um Aww, that's sad yeah 
it it's sucky like and then i don't only one of them and it's like the most famous spontaneous human combustion case really uh is the only one i have a picture of the person before which is also pretty sad because i tried looking up all of these cases and i some of them i couldn't find their bodies and some of them i couldn't even find what they looked like when they were alive so yeah i wonder if their families wanted that because if that's the case it's like okay but yeah. it's too bad they can't be kind of remembered and talked about and yeah. stuff like that easier. Because as you'll find, like, all of these people were elderly. A lot of them, like, lived alone and stuff when these things happen. So right. the first one I don't have a picture for, but her name is Matilda Rooney. And Aww. yeah. Rooney. She... <laughs> I know, like my niece, but it's spelled Aww. different. Okay good yeah i think yeah my rooney is should be r-o-o-n-e-y this is r-o-n-n-e-y um Uh, yeah so but i do love the name matilda it's so old-timey and beautiful matilda (laughs) so (laughs) yeah unfortunately she passed away or at least the fire occurred on christmas eve in this is really old 1885 oh wow yeah and it occurred in seneca illinois and matilda's remains along with her husband's body were actually found in their house she had been alone in her kitchen when a fire quickly broke out and it's reported it incinerated her entire body except for her feet the fumes Mm. from this fire seeped through the house and into another room where it suffocated her husband patrick and there was basically no other damage to the rest of the house there was no foul play so that was ruled out by the police and it was reported that the couple had consumed whiskey that evening so there was alcohol involved a yeah a farmhand who was with them just a few hours before had noticed nothing unusual going on uh nothing out of the ordinary the investigation determined there was no immediate source of ignition that could be determined and even though the flames were enough to reduce all but matilda's feet to ashes other than just a few bone fragments there was no damage to the rest of the kitchen yeah but yet it was able to suffocate her husband yeah like the fumes killed him so so like the smoke inhalation and I I'd assume so. Carbon monoxide, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. The wow. the fire seemed to have started within like the inside of her body, and stayed confined to it, other than the fumes that killed her husband Patrick. Damn. Um. Unfortunately, that's all I have. About a lot of these are basically just like the paragraphs. Um. I tried looking. Uh, more for a few of them, but it's kind of hard. 
Um, yeah. The next one is basically the most famous one. I have a few pictures of her. She's the one that I have a picture of her when she was alive. Her name is Mary Reeser. Okay. Um, so hers is the first and second picture. She was found on July 2nd of 1951 at the age of 67. And she was found burned to death in her house by the police after her landlady had noticed that uh, she, like, walked by her apartment and, like, checked her doorknob and it was, like, warm, oh. um, like, unusually warm. And then she came back, like, a couple hours later and, because she, like, smelled something and she, the door was still, like, really warm. So she called the police and they wow. helped her, like, get inside. And upon entering, they found Reese's remains that were completely burned to ash with just a single leg of hers that remained the chair that I believe is like the pile of debris that they're kind of cleaning up uh, she yeah. had been sitting in was destroyed Reese was described as a smoker who frequently took sleeping pills and oh. during an FBI investigation they actually ruled out spontaneous human combustion and said that their main theory was that she had fallen asleep while smoking after taking some sleeping pills and that the cigarette dropped out of her hand and had ignited her sleeping gown. And I mean So like and, this, and burned no. all of her rest of her body and threw her like bones and everything. Yeah. That's one hell of a cigarette, but We'll get to it. It's weird. And my thing is is you've had like two hundred cases of spontaneous human combustion. And how many millions of house fires every year, and the fact that you don't see this happening to bodies that sustain house fires confuses me. Yeah. Um, she looks like my grandma, but smiling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the FBI reported that because the floor around her was made of cement, it prevented the ch anything other than her in the chair from being damaged. The nearby walls okay. weren't damaged, apart from the ceiling and the top of the walls being covered in, like, a layer of soot. There was, again, nearby candles that were melted. And wow. there were newspapers nearby that weren't burnt um, at all. But disturbingly, they found, like, melted human fat in the rug like nearby oh, so it had like melted yeah. across the floor <laughs> and um her case is mostly uh famous and stands out for like spontaneous human combustion because it's the only reported case where um there's stuff that says that her skull that the police and investigators actually found had shrunk due to the fire and was now the size of about a cup or would like fit in your palm like it had shrunk down to like a tiny like animal sized skull uh i don't really what believe that what yeah it's just like something... a shrunken head yeah like it's something dried out <laughs> shrunken heads yeah it's never been reported with any other spontaneous human combustion case i don't really believe it actually happened um researchers say like it's possible her skull may have shrunken a little bit but it's not gonna shrink to like a third of the size 
I mean, it yeah. seems unlikely, but so yeah. does the rest of it. The rest of it, yeah. the evidence almost seems like, like there was just a woman one minute and then like a pillar of fire the next that like burned so hot that it just, yeah, almost like she was, whatever was in it was caught in like a laser beam. I don't know. Yeah. Science. <laughs> but. <laughs> laser brain. It sounds um, good to me. <laughs> So the next... Like, nothing else in the room, like the sides, you know, the walls, yeah. the paper around, like that's what doesn't make sense if it was burning hot enough to burn her right? so much. Yeah, and that's the problem I have with, um, there's like a number one theory that sticks out that people tend to agree with, and I say sure, but <laughs> when you compare it to like, like I said, house fires and stuff like that, it just... Even house fires that burn the house to the ground or, like, stuff like that. Like, it's just, or, like, half the house is burned or mm -hmm. you have, like, people that are burned um, in, like, true crime cases and stuff. And, like, they're set on fire for a long time and this doesn't happen. Like. Exactly. You have to yeah. have a. A special oven, like like the crematoriums have. Yeah. It has to be, like, thousands of degrees hot. I can't remember. Like, 2,000 degrees Celsius? I, I think I have it later. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. it's, like, crazy. The conditions. Um, yeah. So, right. the next one, I don't think I have a picture. Um, let me see. No, I don't. Uh... It's in, or on March 28th of 1970, a woman, or 89-year-old woman named Margaret Hogan, so she was 89, which is just so sad. All these people are pretty old. Right. Um, and they've all, they've both been women so far. <laughs> yeah, there's, my last two are guys. If that helps. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just proving the theory true. Yeah. Like elderly uh, women. She was found in her house, uh, basically just ash, except for both of her legs below the knee, which were undamaged. There. What? Yeah. There were Ugh. plastic flowers in the middle of the room that had melted to like a pool of liquid. And 12 feet away from her body, the screen of her television had also melted. Jeez. And, and then just, like, a pair of legs just sticking out of the floor. Yeah, basically. I think that's why this always stuck with me, because it's just a pile of ash, always with a pair of legs. And you're like, what? Yeah. Just so weird. There's a thing where, like, with water too sometimes it's just a foot washes up in a yeah. shoe and stuff yeah that apparently that happened a lot off the coast of like um bc and washington mm -hmm. it's like what? what the fuck is going on yeah um there was a small coal fire that had been burning in a grate when her neighbor had visited her the previous day and okay. There was an investigation held, and they determined that there wasn't really a connection between the fire and Miss Hogan's remains because uh, there wasn't a visible jump, they called it, that could have 
been made, I guess, between, like, this fire going and, like, her body. So maybe she was pretty mm-hmm. far away from it at right, the time. Nothing was damaged in between. Maybe. Yeah. Um, they did hold an inquest, and her death ended up being ruled as just burning to death, with the cause of the fire being listed as unknown. Oh. Yeah. I mean, that sucks. But we don't um, understand it. <laughs> no. I, like, understand none of these. Um, <laughs> it is unknown. <laughs> it's the truly unknown. Uh, so, the next... I've just put these in, like, chronological order, because that's how my mind works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in 1980, there was a 73-year-old gentleman named Henry Thomas. This one's... Re- pr- by far the shortest. He was found burned to death in his living room, which did also contain a fireplace. Uh, His body had been incinerated, leaving only his skull and both of his legs below the knee that were, interestingly, still dressed in their socks and trousers. Oof. Yeah. That's a creepy detail. (laughs) Yeah. And half of the chair that he had been sitting on was destroyed. Just half? Just half. Can you uh, then, it just looks like it's, like, cut down the middle. Yeah. What? Um, the next one, there is a picture of it's, uh, I think the fourth picture in. There's a whole bunch of yellow sofas. Um, so, December 10th uh, of 2000, er, sorry, December of 2010, 76-year-old Michael... Faherty, I think. I'm not sure. Um, his death. Sorry, the legs. Yeah, Yeah, it's creepy. Apologies Uh. in advance if you go to the website, you're gonna see legs (laughs) and ashes. I should have been prepared, but I don't know why. I was like, ah, la la. Here's another picture. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, this is the first one that you've seen that actually like shows a body part. Yeah, and from the thumbnail, I couldn't tell. That yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. It's not um, funny. His case is kind of interesting because it actually is one of the few that was directly ruled as spontaneous human combustion by a coroner. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a lot of articles about it. And the doctor made the following statement. This fire was thoroughly investigated, and I'm left with the conclusion that this fits into the category of spontaneous human combustion, for which there is no adequate explanation. All right. Yeah. Uh, Faraday's body was found lying on its back, with his head uh, close to the open, an open fireplace. So I think that's actually, like, kind of by his one side um in front of the couch and above the body on the ceiling as well as on the floor underneath it were the only damaged areas in the fire as you can see like the couches couch cushions that are like less than a foot away from him are completely undamaged they're bright yellow like yeah there's nothing on it it's crazy um it looks like he's also on like an area rug and like the area rug 
doesn't look super damaged anywhere else, and you would assume that would have spread the fire. Exactly. Um, wow. Yeah, so underneath him and above him on the ceiling were the only areas damaged in the fire, and investigators did end up ruling out the fireplace as the cause. Okay. Well, they would uh, know. Yeah, but it is noted that there is some smoke damage at the f- top of the fireplace, like, coming directly out of uh, where, like, the fire would be contained. Um, that looks like to be about the only other damage, like, in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, so the next few, we'll just talk about the pictures because I don't have any notes about them. Um, oh, God, the pictures. Yeah. So the next one is also kind of a famous case. It happened in 1966 on December 5th, and that was Dr. John Irvine Bentley. Uh, He was found in his bathroom. Uh, That was a woman's shoe and foot. Yeah. This case, this picture almost always shows up for uh, Mary Reese. When you look it up, it's almost always with this picture, but this picture is this guy just for the simple fact that they always talk about a huge hole that was burned through the bathroom in the floorboards and that his walker, um, he was walking, like, he was standing with his walker at the time and that was basically undamaged by the fire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this picture is almost always shown as Mary Reese. Um, the next one is also misreported as another uh, woman. They say she had, like, a mental health problem and was basically, like, um, didn't really move or anything like that. And she was, like, left alone and then she, her, or somebody was watching her and she just suddenly caught fire and she had no response to it. And she sat there burning and they tried to put out the fire and then she died. Um yeah, so they always have That's this so... picture with that, but it's actually yeah. not that case. I can't remember that woman's name. Um, but this, according to, like, the source I found in that, like, university paper I read, it said that this is the remains of Helen Conway, or Conway of Pennsylvania, and she reportedly caught fire. It said that she was a heavy smoker, and the fire may have been caused by a cigarette or a match. And, but they do point out that neither answers the critical question, how can, like, a body that's moist and not flammable catch fire? Non-inflammable. That's a weird way to say it. (laughs) Yeah. Moist. How can a moist and non-inflammable body catch fire? I reworded it Who wrote this? Justin Trudeau? He said moist. (laughs) Ugh. Um, Also, it's so much of her, both of her legs, like, up over the knee. Like, you just look like your first glance, you could just maybe even say that you're like, oh, that's just someone wearing a skirt, and, like... Yeah, and, like, the top from, like, her waist up is, like, um, like, obscured (laughs) in the picture. Yeah. Um, the next one, this one's also misreported. This one almost always shows up. As Michael Faherty, that um, was the other one that was lying in front of the fireplace. But this right. is... I glanced at this one by accident earlier already. Oops. <laughs> yeah, this one is... Uh, does it even say her name? I don't think so. Um, 
It occurred on March 4th of 1980, and they ruled it as spontaneous human combustion, but the inquest concluded that it was an accidental death because she had fallen headfirst into her fireplace, and that obviously, like, the her head was in the fireplace. Um, so that's how she caught fire. Um, uh, where most of the I other cases, like, okay. the fire would have to escape from somewhere to get to them, she, like, fell into it. So it's a little different. Yeah, that one's harder to say. Yeah. <laughs> the, the next one is cause. probably the worst picture, in oh. my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. It's also, like, the creepiest. So this is the oh body of Madame Jeanette Kazmerzak. Um, she was discovered in her apartment in France on May 12th, 1977, and all that remained of her were her legs, and they, like the furnishings nearby, were virtually unscathed. So her legs, other than like the soot on them, look basically fine. The rest of her body is completely ash to the point where you can like see almost looks like a fake outline of a skeleton if you like cover yes. up the legs. It looks exactly like somebody drew that. a skeleton in like black in paint black. on the floor. It's so creepy. Oh my um, god. I just yeah. was staring at it with my mouth open. Like Yeah, this is the god. creepiest just for the fact that her legs are there and then the rest of her literally looks like it's just like indescribable. Um yeah, well, it's like the weirdest. I'll try. Picture. It looks like you cut off a mannequin's legs. And yeah. it's just like how does it just stop so abruptly? Yeah, right? Like, it does. It could be where their clothing, like, remember I said the other one mm. seemed like someone wearing a skirt. Like, this one, her legs yeah. are bare. But, like, was she wearing pants, skirts, you know? Could be, like, then, a pair of shorts. Right. But then it was still, like, it completely got her head and everything, too. So, like, none of the theories really. Yeah. Like, not that that was a theory, but <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um... So that ends, like, the little, like, individual cases, I guess, we'll talk about. Um, wow. I do have a tiny bit about popular culture. Um, there's more. There, It's obviously is in, like, movies, books, TV shows. Um, yeah. There is one of the most famous uh, books it's used in um, because it is often used as, like, a character death. It's, like, a part of a mystery in a bunch of, like, thriller books. And the most oh. well-known example is actually a Charles Dickens book uh, that's called Bleak House. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess if it's been happening as long as it has, I shouldn't be too surprised. Yeah, it's Charles Dickens. <laughs> right. Um, he actually really liked spontaneous human combustion. He kind of, like, researched it, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, he was fascinated. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I believe this, I have noted it's from Britannica, so I think this is the synopsis of what they had written about this Charles Dickens um, book called Bleak House. So it says, quote, where the sleazy alcoholic junk merchant Mr. Crook ends up as a heap of ashes on the floor and a quote within a quote, a dark greasy coating on the walls and ceiling on mm. the preface to the book edition of Bleak House, written after the novel had already been published in serial form, Dickens defended his use of spontaneous human combustion against accusations of implausibility, 
citing several famous cases and the judgments of eminent medical doctors that such a thing was indeed po possible. Quote, I shall not abandon the facts. He concludes with typical Dickensian uh, panache. Wow. <laughs> I did not write this. Uh, quote. No, in... you don't throw around terms like Dickensian. And panache. I don't say panache. I don't think I could hang out with you if you did. <laughs> um, Just zhuzh it up a little bit. Why don't you zhuzh it up? <laughs> yeah, zhuzh it all up. Um, he continues on. This is like in the preface. Uh, quote, until there... Yeah, until there shall have been a considerable spontaneous combustion of the testimony oh. on which human occurrences are usually received. I feel like that made more sense. Um, inside whatever it was written. Uh, the death of Mr. Crook <laughs> wow. has been described as the most famous case in literature of spontaneous human combustion. So that okay. was like from the Britannica thing that was about like I guess, the popular culture of it, it being used. Um, That's funny, he defended it so, you yeah, know, adamantly. With panache. <laughs> yes. Dickens with, Dickensianly. <laughs> yeah, with Dickensian panache. Um, so my next part and, like, finishing up is just going through, like, theories and research they have for it on, like, how Yay. this could be possible happening, um, which it. is pretty interesting. So... As we talked about before, the victims are often women, quite often have been drinking. We've mentioned possible issues with being, like, overweight. Um, Damn it. They're yeah. really coming for all of us. <laughs> now I'm feeling well, I put overweight. Everything else said obese. Um, oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and okay. Um, in the past, these, like, three things often led people to believe that spontaneous human combustion or this phenomena was a sort of retribution for living a debauched lifestyle. Um, so okay. Women, Get off your high horse there, yeah, theorist. <laughs> trying to hold women back um, from being debauched. <laughs> guess, yeah, they like a little whiskey and to get a little overweight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> well. um, so people believed also that there was um it was occurring because the body was internally saturated with alcohol and that this would make it more flammable because alcohol is flammable so if you have alcohol inside your body it'd be makes sense that a fire could happen inside your body i know um, they talk joke about people's breath getting pretty flammable with yeah whiskey yeah. and shit but like come on that's a bit of seems a bit of a stretch still this is like really old theories <laughs> It's not what people oh. think anymore. Nice. Um, yeah, basically, they did studies and proved that the concentrations of even the most intoxicated people are still too low as what would be required uh, for any sort of, like, basically for any alcohol level to matter. You just, like, physically can't achieve that. And... I mean think about the guy you covered that plied yeah. people with so much alcohol that Ugh. it was like their entire bloodstream basically in yeah, whatever the hell brutal. episode that was. Like episode yeah. two. Okay, that was your Canadian yeah. true crime. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, 
And they also point to no matter how much alcohol you've consumed, it still requires an external source of flame. Mm, okay. uh, just like going through, just touching base on them. I don't, I didn't really get into it because a lot of times it's just a really short sentence about these. People throughout time have also believed it could have been caused by bacteria found in the body. Um, oh my god. Better do some bloodletting. <laughs> yeah. Got the bad humors. Yeah, they actually talked about that humors. humors. Uh, oh my gosh. They I talked think that about was before germ theory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, they talked about it possibly being caused by static electricity, which oh I mean fair. Um sure, why not? <laughs> I mean they do have like whole things about like baby clothes and kids like pajamas have to be like flame retardant and everything because of static electricity. Right. And that they used to catch on fire in their beds. So I mean it's not un like plausible, but um they don't really believe that anymore for the most part. Uh I just make a reference about that that only my family will get. Cats is full of electricity. Cats? Did you touch it was a cat part of nose? This play thing at King's Landing Historical Settlement. Mm. Maybe old timey people really did think they were super full of electricity. Well, it's like you I say. Mean, yeah. They, they're staticky. Yeah, they can be. All their fluff. Um. Oh, God. So, people have also blamed it on obesity. Uh, they've blamed it on stress. Basically, that that affects your body's stuff. And that when you get all, like, bothered about something and just, like, angry, it affects your organs. And then, like, you can catch on fire. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, that would happen more often than you would think. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's also been blamed, or I guess lightning balls have also been blamed. I tried looking this up. It's not being struck by lightning. Mm, um, it's ball lightning. I think yeah. you're part of that. Or like some St. Elmo's fire. I think that's also a type of lightning that can kind of form on the ground in like a weird ball shape. Yeah, I think I looked it up. Honestly, I finished these notes a while ago and I don't remember what it was. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a while. Um, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. They've also blamed it, obviously, on poltergeists. You haunt it. Oh, why not? Yeah. <laughs> um, Blame the ghosts. They can't defend themselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a Brian J. Ford. He's suggested that, I think it's pronounced ketosis, uh, that's oh, possibly yeah. caused yeah. by alcoholism or low-carb dieting. It produces acetone, which is highly flammable, and could therefore lead to spontaneous human combustion just because oh of, like, God. buildup of acetone in the body. Um, I guess I'm not going on the keto diet. I'm, nope, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> um, like but to point out, to date, none <laughs> of these past pros proposed scientific explanations have held up really to scrutin scrutiny. Oh my god. <laughs> Scrutiny. Yep. Ugh, words. And this has led scientists to basically the only plausible explanation, and that is something called the Wick Effect. I, Ooh, I love the name. I think yeah. I've heard of it. <laughs> um, but 
I personally don't believe it explains everything or why it doesn't happen, like, crazy yeah. more often. Uh, right. It explains sort of part of it or something. Yeah. But not... Um, okay. Basically, people continue to go back to the fact that the body has to reach a temperature of 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit for three to four hours straight in order to become ash. That was, like, from a crematory website. <laughs> Um, and they also point out that this would be pretty unlikely, um, to occur, like, in somebody's house. It's unlikely that a fire described as small and localized to, like, a small area, even inside a room or, like, on a chair, would be able to do this without causing crazy damage to the rest of the house. Um, and that it would be able to be sustained for such a long time and cause the ash without like, burning through the rest of the body, um, or the rest of the house. Right. So, (laughs) yeah, because, like, even the one I pointed out, like, there's a rug underneath him, and the rug stops being damaged just, like, right from under him, and it's like, okay, well, if you're saying in the Wick effect that basically the human body's like melting and it's being absorbed by clothing and materials and that that is now catching fire and is sustaining the fire then would not his melted body in the rug have caused the entirety of the rug to burn and the couches around him like yeah and like a melted candle you'd be like a puddle of human wax yeah um so that's the house of wax sequel human wax oh God. isn't the house of wax already human wax you're just human wax inside the house of wax Ugh. it's been so long since i watched it i love a good wax museum and wax museum horror movie it's so great yeah <laughs> so um the wick effect was determined by si- forensic scientists in the 20th century They say it occurs when clothing worn by the victims actually ends up soaking up their melted body fat and acts like the wick of a candle, so it's what's catching on fire. It does allow conditions for the body to smolder for an extended period of time, and experiments have proven that this wicking effect can produce some of the unusual characteristics of spontaneous human combustion, including the nearly complete incineration of a victim's body, as well as the lack of fire damage to the surrounding areas. Um, I just say, like, I, even if that's possible, I don't understand that happening. Yeah, um, at what point do we start playing with fire that burns that fast and that hot? Right? Like, even house fires that burn for hours and they find the victim, they don't say, oh, yeah, they're, like, half their body's gone and, like, whatever. It's so weird. Like, I don't know. You can't even get rid of a body that way because you, you, like, you'll still have the bones. Yeah. You'll still have the tooth pulp. That's what I learned from forensic files. (laughs) (laughs) Tooth pulp. Um, so the wick effect still relies on an external source of ignition, such as a match, a cigarette, or an electrical spark, and that these items are typically destroyed in the fire, uh, which would be fair, I mean, if it's like a cigarette (laughs) dropping on them, um, 
it wouldn't take much to burn up the rest of that cigarette, right? I know. Um, (laughs) They say that the feet, as you pointed out, it always seems to be the feet left behind. There is sort of a reason. The feet typically don't burn because they have the least amount of fat. But I would like to point out arms and hands. And those always seem to burn. But the feet and legs don't. But I'd point out that the arms and hands have less fat than the legs. So, Certainly the hands mark. would have, yeah. Yeah. It'd be similar to the feet, exactly. I definitely yeah. have some upper arm meat. I don't, don't get me yeah. wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, that doesn't seem um, to hold much water. Yeah. And there is obviously cases where people's hands have been left behind. It's just not nearly as much as, like, the legs thing. And which I question, if you say even if somebody's sitting up in a chair... And you say, oh, well, like, the fire's obviously going to burn up. Yeah, it's going to stay on the torso. But for the people that are, that burned while laying down, then what's the reason? Because it's still traveling horizontally. And it's just staying localized still to their upper body. And now it's spreading through their arms. Yeah. Yeah. Just confusing. What the fuck? For me. Um, so, uh... The hands also have little fat. Sometimes they burn because they're resting on, like, the person's abdomen, um, which ends up causing it, like, to burn. But lots of them, it looks like they were, like, laying down um, with their hands out. And the fire um, ends up dying out. Like, in the wick effect, they say it dies out when there's no fat left to burn. And that this extinguishes the fire, like, itself. It just dies down. Um, but again... But why is their legs left over? <laughs> yeah, like, why is their legs left over? Why does house fires not just suddenly die down? If there's still combustible materials around them, why does the, the fire continue to spread? Yeah. Right? Like... Yeah. Just Ooh. so confused. Um... <laughs> However, most cases of spontaneous human combustion without or occur without witnesses. So this makes it difficult to determine like exactly what happened or like the circumstances um, and sometimes a cause. Yeah, yeah, um, that definitely doesn't help exactly. <laughs> yeah, and it also leads to the ability for the body to like sit there for hours on fire. Um. Oh. So they did do a research, or there's been a bunch of research. Um, There was an extensive two-year research project conducted in 1984 where 30 past cases of alleged uh, combustion were reviewed by science investigator Joe Nickel and a forensic analyst, John F. Fisher. And they published a two-part report in the Journal of International Association of Arson Investigators. Oh, fun read. (laughs) Yeah. They showed that the burnt bodies were close to many different types and sources of ignition, such as candles, lamps, fireplaces, and that these sources of ignition were often left out of published reports of the incidents. They also determined that the victim was also often incapacitated due to either alcohol, drugs, some sort of mental illness, or obesity that could have caused them to be unable to respond to the fire. 
I mean, sounds like a lot of victim blaming here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where damage to the room was not extensive, the fire was limited to materials that would help retain melted fat, such as clothing, furniture, and flooring. Again, I question why area rugs aren't burning then, if you say they contain this fat. Uh, <laughs> when damage was extensive, the fire had spread to other furniture, flooring, and covering. And coverings nearby objects often remain unburnt because fires typically burn upwards while spreading very little. Then I question why house fires happen at all. Like, I don't know. Yeah, they're claiming a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I don't know. It's contradicting other stuff. <laughs> yeah. However, during their, like, article that they published, they did caution against, quote, single simplistic explanation for all unusual burning deaths, but they rather urged investigating, quote, on an individual basis. You released a paper that basically said nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah. In wow. 2002, there was a study by Angie M. Christensen of the University of Tennessee, and they cremated healthy and osteoporotic, or osteoporotic, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, um, like old, old people bones. Um, oh, and, oh, yeah, the people that have osteoporosis or whatever. Yeah, they compared, like, when they were burning the bones that there was like color changes and um there was also like fragmentation so like it broke up the bones broke up and they found that the osteoporotic bones quote consistently displayed more discoloration and a greater de degree of fragmentation than the healthy ones and the same study found that when human tissue is burned, the resulting flame produces a small amount of heat, indicating that fire is unlikely to spread from burning tissue. But, like, okay. <laughs> I don't know, like, a candle is a small, like, fire with a small amount of heat, and that, like, accounts for, like, how many house fires, and same with a cigarette is like a third of the house fires in the world every year. Yeah. Like, Ugh. um, uh, the last picture should be, um, a little pig on a bed, basically. Aww. Um, <laughs> you can't see it. He's bundled up in a blanket. Um, and he pig was Pig in dead. a blanket? A pig in a blanket on a bed. Don't you try and make it less cute. It's not working. They use pig carcasses on yeah. Forged in Fire, too, when they're testing their damn weapons. I just like pigs, yeah. but I like to eat them, too, so. Yeah, I like bacon. Um, in a televised experiment in 1998, there was a forensic scientist named John Dehan, and he wrapped a dead... Uh, like pig in a blanket and he set this up as you can see like inside of a mock like furnished room it's very sparsely furnished <laughs> very sad right, but, yeah. um, <laughs> and then he set it on fire using like gasoline or petrol the pig's body fat did end up liquefying and adding more fuel to the fire hours later the fire was extinguished and the slow intense burn had converted a large percentage of the pig's flesh and bones to ash 
while the rest of the room suffered minimal damage. It is reported that the pig's feet remained intact. However, the TV in the room melted. Um, So that happened in one of the other cases. Um, So it sounds like they did pretty well replicate, like, spontaneous human combustion with this. Except but the spontaneous part. <laughs> yeah, but they did it by covering a pig body in gasoline and yeah. leaving it for hours. Um, yeah, yeah, I couldn't exactly find, like, <laughs> a video of it because all I have is, like, the picture of the before, like, during the setup and then of it on fire. I don't have any pictures of, like, the after of the room to, like, show the damage it had caused. Um, I didn't yeah. really run across anything. Interesting, though. Yeah. Um, the last little bit I have is just talking about things that are, like, recognized um, and proven to actually spontaneously combust. Um, because spontaneous oh. human combustion is viewed with a lot of skepticism by the scientific community. But there is proven to be objects in the world that do spontaneously burst into flames without any sort of outside heat source. Oh, no. Yeah. And one of them is pretty common and I've always heard of before. And this is the example of having, like, a, a pile of oily rags stored together with an open container, like, such as a bucket. Um, Yeah, the oxygen that hits the rags can actually slowly raise their internal temperature high enough to ignite the flammable oil and that these wet piles, or sorry, so they always say like in garages and stuff like that. And when I worked in, um, in my high school, we had like a, it was a communication technology lab but we did like screen printing so we did like the graphic designs on t-shirts and we had like rags that had chemicals on them and we had to store them in like a metal like bucket but it had a metal lid that you basically Mm. had to lift up the bucket put it in and then like close the lid and the lid was never supposed to be left off um because of this holy shit that's crazy um there's also i think this goes back to like um, the bacteria thing. There's uh, issues with wet piles of hay or straw that have been known to spontaneously combust due to like the bacteria. I think that's why people thought bacteria was involved in like the human one too. Um, yeah, because when they decompose, microbes and bacteria living inside them can generate enough heat to kindle a spark and set them on fire. Um, so that's like two examples oh, I have in the ones. I wanted to talk about of things that do spontaneously combust in the real world. So, um, why can't people? I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my case. Or, that's not my case. That's my spontaneous human combustion story, I guess. <laughs> and that's my segment. <laughs> Closes storybook. No. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love the wick effect name and yeah yeah nothing people candles nothing really oh god yeah i i don't understand it i just like don't like my mind always goes yeah. back to house fires like not doing that to people or like 
people leaving cigarettes in like plant pots burning down an entire house but like you say fire Mm -hmm. doesn't spread but then it does it burns down people's houses all the time and it's from the same thing it's It's a cigarette like it's it's pretty weird it's like as weird as i don't know if this is a good metaphor but like if someone was to like drown on dry land or something and yeah i don't know we've been watching the pats now into the fringe so maybe i'm thinking about (gasps) fringe and x-files type cases oh yeah what the fuck happened to this person i i think of um the one it wasn't really spontaneous human combustion but in fringe you remember it was in the first season in the diner when the people because of the there's like a pathogen and they start exploding yeah yeah (laughs) and then they have to get given an antidote because they like get anxious or something yeah and then they like their bodies turn to glass and they explode or something they do it a few times oh nice yeah one of the creepiest ones or um what did she fucking call it it was like she's like oh the the rapid the skin growth disease or something and i was like oh that's what they call they're like all of their fucking eyes and mouth just growing over all at once and yeah. they couldn't save the person even when they trached him because it just grew over the trach and it like suffocated them they're yeah closes all their orifices all of their grew over. orifices i hate that word my favorite thing yeah, ever though good. is the last season when they start doing and causing all those fringe events again and they bring back like that one and they use it against <laughs> the observers and i'm just like hurrah Oh, so good. Sucks to suck, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's we'll your medicine. A, yeah. We'll take a oh, quick break, and then I'm excited to find out what you're going to talk about today. The Fringe. No. The Fringe. <laughs> <laughs> Just recapping all five seasons. Yeah. <laughs> this is now a Fringe podcast. Oh, and everyone it. just turned it off. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. All right. We're back. And I'm excited. Yeah, I didn't tell you, like, any about what I was going to go for. And I I just went for it. Yeah, I was trying to make mine an entire episode topic. And then I'm happy decided. (laughs) And I got to keep it all to myself. And you were bringing me something else that makes it more exciting. I know people that do that kind of switch off episodes, which is cool too. Yeah. Because then you're, well, I guess, yeah, you get, one time you're just sitting back and yeah, being a listener. <laughs> Take a break 50% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so hard to talk into a microphone, you guys, while reading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my throat Podcast is a little dry. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, I should be drinking hot tea with, like, lemon and honey right now. You know, resting my voice. It's my... What did they say? And they're like, oh, this is the thing oh. that makes me a bunch of money. Like, this is my whatever. Oh, God, my livelihood. Yeah. yeah. This is my moneymaker. Yeah, Joey and his hand twin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus. <sighs> um... Speaking of drinks, I'm drinking a little, I don't know if people, not everybody seems to use this term everywhere, but, you know, hair of the dog. 
if you ever drink the day before, you have one the next day. You're having a little hair of the dog that bit you. <laughs> oh, no. It's a thing. But no, there's this cool um, cooler that I've been a little bit obsessed with that's called a Blackberry Gin Bramble. Oh. It's a tart and refreshing blend of premium gin, juniper lemon bitters, real lemon and blackberry juice, pure cane sugar, and crisp effervescent water. Water. <laughs> Sounds interesting. It's good. It's tart as fuck. I like it. Mm. I was like, it sounds like, complicated. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of like a specialty looking one that I have to buy. They're not in a pack. They're like in, sold individual, but they're so good. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, well, I just finished my coffee. <laughs> oh, yeah, coffee. To make myself stay awake and not yawn every five seconds. Hey, I'm impressed you're going to be able to sleep after that. Oh, some of the best naps I've ever had have been right after pounding a coffee. I think your body's broken. No. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's a good thing we are complaining about our own uh, weaknesses, because I'm going to talk about superhuman abilities. Ooh. (laughs) Some of my favorite things I used to watch... There was like a a series where each, I think it was like one or two seasons long. It was probably on like the History Channel or Discovery. And it was like superhuman superheroes or something like that. And they, yeah, each episode they covered a different person. And it's so fascinating, like just different things people can do. Oh, that's really cool. I don't think I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) Actually. Yeah, it's, like, how I learned that, like, some people can, like, taste music and, like, see sound. like synesthesia. Yeah. Yeah. And then they had people with, like, phenomenal memories (laughs) and, um... Yes. Yeah, just stuff like that. It was a pretty cool show. I like it. I find it's interesting. It, It basically landed on this like pretty quickly after just being like hmm what am I gonna get inspired by like and yeah I forget exactly what I googled but like I came to like this one list and was like oh these people are pretty interesting cool (laughs) pick a few of these (laughs) yeah I'm sure there's so many more so meh what can you do we'll revisit it maybe (laughs) if you guys like this stuff (laughs) um so this guy's got a cool nickname. His nickname is the Iceman, which could sound like it could belong to a true crime case yeah. almost. I think I've like heard a guy of who him went to... a bit. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I knew a guy who went by that name. <laughs> <coughs> Trying to sound tough. Um, but it is probably easier to remember than his his actual name, which is Wim Hof. Short and sweet. (laughs) He is Dutch. Okay. (laughs) So Wim Hof is seemingly impervious to the cold. That's his claim to fame. Which, I mean, you should, like, live somewhere extremely cold then. I'm not impervious (laughs) to the cold. 
I hate right. when it's below minus 20. Or I hate oh when it's God. below plus 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like, no. No, thanks. <laughs> I hate it when it's below chili. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he's got a pretty cool story when I dug a little deeper into it. He did train himself to withstand extreme cold. Okay. So, yeah, he did something he had to work on. He wasn't just, like, born like this. Because mm. um, there are people fact, that are born without, yeah. like, pain receptors. Their body, like, can't process pain. like that. Yeah. Yeah, and then they always end up, like, seriously injuring themselves. Um or get into, like, self-harm mm-hmm. kind of stuff, it seems, because they just, like, it doesn't affect them. And it, like, yeah, affects like their mental. You have to till. be really careful with them. Yeah. But he actually, st- this was bittersweet to hear. He started channeling, like, his grief, basically. He lost his wife, the love of his life, who passed away. And mm. other than having their four kids to keep him going during that time, he was really, really fucking depressed. Yeah. Um, he took it extremely hard um, because she also killed herself. She was obviously struggling with depression herself. And, oh, wow. You know, so that was really probably really, really hard for him to process, too. I would imagine. It didn't really... I'm extrapolating a little bit there, maybe, but, like, yeah, that's when he started mm. kind of experimenting. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he holds the record for the longest distance swam under ice, which was 188 feet, which sounds way too far. Jeez. <laughs> and he... Well, I was watching a little video on the, his website, or the website... I was looking at, and he said himself that he has 26 world records to do with extreme cold exposure mm-hmm. slash endurance. Yeah. I think he might have, on the, the show I was talking about, I think they did cover him. I, I'm i sure it He's was so like... cool. It This show is probably <laughs> at least like 12, 15 years old, so I'm sure he has done like significantly more since then, since like they covered on the show. Yeah, I don't know if I have exactly here when he started, so that Mm -hmm. totally could be. He's got to be in his 60s. Wow. I don't know, he looked like anyway. Yeah. I should Google it. (laughs) I'm like, why don't I have his just age? Because I couldn't do too much of a deep dive on anybody. Yeah, I just I remember. Wikipedia. I just went to his website, I think. Yeah, he's um, 63. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just remember them always playing a video because I think he was like gearing up for a marathon or something. And okay. he was basically running barefoot on like ice and snow because he was going to be competing on a, in a marathon, like a extreme cold marathon or something. Oh, totally. Yeah. I saw him running on some ice and snow and yeah i believe at least some of it was done like that yeah yeah just like brutal his the like skin on his feet was like getting frostbitten was like peeling and like dying as he's running yeah 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 because he's not like it's not like his body cannot feel the effects of cold but basically he's trained himself to 
endure it really well yeah. like almost like regulate almost regulate his own temperature in a way mm-hmm. i think there might it's have been fascinating oh yeah i think on the same list there was monks that could basically um up their internal body temperature honestly i could i wish i could have done everybody on this freaking yeah right list sometimes was... that's how it happens like i yes. i wished i could talk about every case of spontaneous human combustion but yeah i got most okay this was my jumping off point it was buzzworthy.com they can't fly but these 10 people have real superhuman abilities (laughs) that's what that's the one uh so credit to buzzworthy i guess buzzworthy worthy not buzzfeed but buzzworthy a different buzz who was a big source of mine no they're not (laughs) big supporters of the podcast like what I said, big supporters of the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, BuzzFeed's where you go for the nice filtered Reddit lists. <laughs> yeah, where I find out what bread I am. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, my God. I can guess your yeah, age in six questions. Why? <laughs> what year were you born? <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Oh, no, and when I said this guy was really cool, I was going to say, no pun intended. (laughs) Yeah, he ran at least a half marathon on ice and snow. Oh, that was probably the barefoot one. Mm, He he set the world record for the most prolonged full-body exposure to ice at one hour and 53 minutes. Oh, my God. So, like, I think that was basically an ice bath. Uh, He climbed... Count... (laughs) He climbed Count Kilimanjaro. (laughs) (laughs) The Count. One, two miles up. (laughs) (laughs) Climbed Mount Kilimanjaro in shorts. So yes, he does do a lot of things in in shorts. And he's running in the videos where, like, a lot of times in the videos he had, like, hiking shoes on. But then, like, shorts and, like, Mm. a tank top, basically. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, whoa. And he attempted to summit Mount Everest as well, also in shorts, but was thwarted not by the cold per se, but uh, you alluded to it, the the actual frostbite Mm. damage. Yeah, Uh, dangerous. Yeah. I was like, okay, so he's not like, it's not like he can't, you know, get damaged by cold, but like, still pretty fucking badass. (laughs) Yeah. Um, quote, as he made the, uh, it says accent. There was a typo (laughs) on the website. Ascent. His foot began to get frostbite, and this is what he had to say about it. So I had a deep mental conversation with my foot, and it reported frostbite. I appreciated it was the right thing to turn back. Extreme cold is a teacher. The lessons come to you through the body. You just listen. (laughs) I had it. A conversation with my foot. <laughs> what a way to start a sentence. <laughs> I love it. I'm actually really into the kind of woo-woo mind over yeah. matter. Yeah. I mean, like, like, Chris Angel mind freak, like, slowing down his heartbeat and stuff. That's Ooh. cool. Crazy. Nice party trick. Yeah. <laughs> but also they've shown, like, you know groups that are prayed for and stuff like that they can like physically do better 
and like I don't think it's necessarily maybe because they know they're being prayed for but like just all that shit kind of really and and then you know all the what's it called like not the normal medicine <laughs> kind oh of the, like alternative medicine right yes yeah. yeah that's a good word and I think I think it's fascinating oh yeah when it's I was cool. younger I used to be obsessed with like the psychic surgery which is basically like debunked where they're just like pulling out like chicken guts pretending to pull from your stomach <laughs> but like oh, oh my I used- god when they, like, what? are just, like, oh, and they're, like, rubbing your stomach or whatever, and then they, like, suddenly have, like, this bloody mass, and they're, like, this is the tumor that was going to kill you, blah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Stuff. That sounds yeah. like fucking spiritualism and people being, like, it's ectoplasm, but they've just, yeah. like, shoved something up their gooch or whatever. <laughs> You're, like, no, that's cheese cloth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, you just listen. <laughs> he uses a breathing technique to achieve his goals and overcome the challenges. And the ultimate result is a kind of, you know, yeah, mastery of mind over matter. I don't have a better word for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That leads to amazing and highly improbable results. And there are three steps or pillars to his technique, which he teaches to others. So that's cool. <laughs> And learn the Wim Hof method, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> One is uh, breathing. The meth- This is from the website. The method uses a specific breathing process to help participants increase their oxygen levels. Sorry, I feel like that's a lot of S's. <laughs> Thereby helping them have more energy and less stress. And two is cold therapy. He says this one's not only about beating world records, it's to aid in fat loss, fortifying immune systems, fortify your immune system, I should say, improve sleep quality, and much more. (laughs) Okay. I mean, everybody's all about that cryogenic shit. All the celebrities now. It's like cryogenic chamber me. (laughs) Yes, it made me think of uh, different cold therapies, things that I'd heard of before, like, uh, this is from healthline.com, cold showers or any showers with a warm temperature below 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Ugh, Americans. They may have <laughs> health benefits. Water therapy, also called hydrotherapy, has been used for centuries to take advantage of our body's tendency to adapt to harsher conditions. As a result, our bodies become more resistant to stress. Hmm. Um, below 70. Okay, that's, yeah, that would be at least cool. My, like, our hot tub is usually set, like, if if it's hot and you're going to get in it, it's like 100 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit or whatever. Enough to boil you. No. <laughs> you don't want to sit in there too long. It's, you know, they say you get all like, Ugh. I do. I get a headache. Oh, yeah. And you can, like, just get really lightheaded and yeah mm-hmm. um but yeah uh apparently cold showers are not a main source of treatment for any condition but they might help improve symptom relief and general well-being benefits include increased endorphins improved metabolism improved circulation and help fighting off cold and flus so it does have some precedence i guess and it'll wake <clears throat> you up wake this shit up <laughs> immediately that it would because <laughs> you'd be like ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
And his third one is commitment. It takes grit, perseverance, and determination. Obviously. <laughs> um, he never went really looking for fame and recognition after beginning this journey. He says the TV stations came to him and wanted to, you know, show him off. <laughs> yeah, what's that dude running outside without shoes and shorts? And it's like fucking minus 40. And he's like, yeah. Is he okay? <laughs> is he okay? I think he's doing great. When I just Googled him to Google his age, it says that he has six children. So I'm like, did you have mm. a couple more? Yeah. Or was the first thing I read wrong? <laughs> it said you had four. <laughs> I think he's living his best life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he teaches the Wim Hof method. And also, scientists are studying him right back. They believe his ability to use mind over matter, so to speak, could be the key to fighting diseases, injuries. Like, who knows the, the limits? Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And kind of, I put, like, an amazing example of the psychosomatic mind-body connection. Yeah. Throw a $5 word in there. They have observed that although the body has high adrenaline when using the Wim Hof method, the cortisol that helps regulate your response to stress is low. So your body is not in that stress state that usually comes with the fight or flight response. Which is okay. interesting. It's very specific what your body's doing with his method, I guess. <laughs> Um, this could be one of the first steps in proof that it's possible to heal from the inside out and to have an active part in your health and mental health. And that's kind of my words and opinion. <laughs> yeah. But this is cool. Like, one last thing to end on in that vein. Haha, <laughs> vein. Researchers <laughs> once injected him with a deadly strain of E. coli bacteria as part of a test. Oh, shit. <laughs> Okay. I'm sorry. Yes. Just just hear us out there, said. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna inject you and twelve of your students to see if some of you get sick or if you're able to fight it off because you're the superhumans you are. And they didn't get sick. They didn't get like the expected fever, diarrhea, blah 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 symptoms. I don't know if they had to breathe through it or what, but it's just like, whoa. <laughs> breathe through the diarrhea. <laughs> Captain America, if you get killed, walk it off. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I mean, they do say, like, people that have an outlook that they're, like, going to get better and stuff and stick with that mentality normally do end up like, feeling better and, like, healing faster um, and stuff yeah. from, like, sickness and injury. So, yeah, it can have and a big impact. Yeah. Not just that, but also to get your fighter personality. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what Claire from Outlander says. says those <laughs> asshole patients, they're not going anywhere. They're going to fight. <laughs> Um, okay, so that was all the Iceman, and the next guy is named Stephen Wilshire. Oh. No nickname. Aw. <laughs> as far as I know. <laughs> but wait, he's cool. 
He is a British artist with a talent for drawing detailed sky or cityscapes, skylines, and street scenes with impeccable accuracy and life. And, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was born in London, UK, to West Indian parents. And as a child, he was mute and he did not relate to other people. At age three, he was diagnosed as autistic. So he had no language and lived entirely in his own world at that time. Mm. Yeah. So definitely a savant. Yeah. You know, genius here. He attended Queens Mill School and they noticed that he really seemed to enjoy drawing. He seemed to communicate with the world through drawing. He drew everything he saw. Animals, buses, buildings. I didn't, like, upload any pictures, but he does have a website, and it has some pictures of some of his huge drawings of cities and stuff that Okay. Cool. This one sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. With the top one, the buzzworthy.com. <laughs> I feel like when you, you were talking about it, yeah, I can Maybe like picture, I think I can like picture one of the things that they like showed him doing. Um, but I'll give you some more background. He has a fascination with cars, um, American made in particular, and has yeah. an encyclopedic knowledge of them. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, this is less cool, but they kind of tricked him into talking by taking away his art supplies, the teachers and stuff. Aww. And they forced him to kind of ask for his paper. And that was actually his first word that he said was paper. That's really and sad to do. I know. I didn't know how else to put it. It just, they were like. This is what they did. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I guess yeah. it worked. <laughs> and, I mean, he was able to speak by age nine. So before that, he'd been completely mute. So that, that I mean, that was at least an improvement. And, yeah. You know, quality of life a little bit. Yeah, he sold his first piece at age seven. And by age eight, he had a commission from the British Prime Minister to draw draw the Salisbury Cathedral. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. I mean, I, I <laughs> am just looking up, like, the pictures of some of his sketches. I think yeah. I, I think he might have been in that TV show, too, the Superhumans <laughs> one. Because um, I'm like, these seem so familiar, but they're all so beautiful. Like, right? Yeah. It's crazy. A lot of, like, pencil yeah. sketches and... It's just so detailed, and we'll get to it. Some of them are huge. He then appeared on a TV program called The Foolish Wise Ones. No. Which is, I don't know what to say about that name, but... Yeah. <laughs> it featured other savants, um, so, you know, very intelligent, um, like children or autistic people. That sort of thing. Uh, and they all had, like, musical and mathematical talents. And this is where he met uh, Mr. Hugh Casson, a former president of the Royal Academy of Arts in London. Hmm. And he referred to Stephen as possibly the best child artist in Britain. 
Wow. I should say. Especially yeah. that young. <laughs> um, Casson introduced Stephen to Margaret Hewson, a literary agent known for taking really good care of her clients, basically. Um, so she helped him f- uh, find book deals, publish his first book, and set up a trust in his name so that his fees and royalties would be used wisely. Um, he once took a 20-minute helicopter ride over Hong Kong's Victoria Harbour area, then spent a week creating a 10-meter-long drawing of said area, which he dedicated to the city's residents as a Christmas present. <laughs> wow. That's huge. <laughs> yeah, that might have been the one he was working on in the show. Because I remember they, like, tested him or something. They, like, put him in, like, freaking plane or helicopter, like you just said. And then they asked him to draw as much as he could from memory. Yeah, I think it could have been something that he maybe had to do similar things more than once. Yeah. He's like, sure, okay. Sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. I imagine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. Um, but that's mostly what he draws, and uh, he does apparently occasionally draw some people too, like portraits of friends or celebrities, but those all tend to stay in his personal sketchbook. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, he had some fun facts about him too. Uh, somewhere, I, I was on his website a lot, uh, but his favorite films are Rain Man and Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I knew that Rain Man um, had a, I I thought that had an autistic person in it. It's uh, after a selfish L.A. yuppie learns his estranged father left a fortune to an autistic autistic savant brother in Ohio that he didn't know existed, he absconds with his brother and sets out across the country hoping to gain a larger inheritance. (laughs) Sounds like an asshole. um, I'm sure I watched that movie at some point. Yeah, uh, uh, Dennis, um, nope. Hopper? Is that the right? I'm dumb. We will cut this out, please. I Is think. it Denzel Washington? No, no, no. White guy. Um, Rain oh. Man. Den... Dustin Hoffman. Jesus. Oh. And Tom Cruise. Those are the brothers. Oh, okay. Um, some of our listeners will know it. Our older age demographic (laughs) Mm -hmm. at least not you age what is it the lowest age group on our analytic things is like zero to 18 or something yeah none of them know all right he yeah but he's still just a normal guy steven even with his amazing memory he got lost once in new york city and walked 45 minutes in the wrong direction before finding cheyenne's diner oh i mean (laughs) if you can remember cities from above doesn't mean you know it like when you're on the ground (laughs) i mean come on yeah that would be pretty pretty insane if he never ever got lost yeah uh (laughs) And he has some words to live by, which are, do the best you can and never stop. That's nice. I like that. Me too. <laughs> it's like, all right, I can do that. That's what I say at work. I say, you can only do what you can do, right? Like, everybody oh, else is kind of stressed and freaking out. And I try to just be like, you know what? 
Like, this is how today went. Maybe tomorrow will be better, but we did what we could, and they... Oh, yeah. That's all you could do. <laughs> and then when that doesn't work, I just go, well, they're not going to fire us. <laughs> so, we tried. They can't, like, they come over and just go, well, we did what we could. Like, what are you going to do, fire me? Like... To the best of our ability. No, not good enough. Yeah. Meet these impossible demands. Yeah. (laughs) Clone yourself and then both come in and I'm not going to pay you anymore. No. All right. Now we have not the Robert Pattinson movie, but the Batman. (laughs) The Batman? Yes. He, I think I had heard of this guy before research but he lost unfortunately both of his eyes to retinal cancer by 13 months of age so he uses a type of like echolocation technique oh yeah i've heard of that before yeah i'm like that's pretty cool (laughs) i i gotta say he calls it flash sonar and it's a way to use vocal clicks and uh, the resulting echoes to orient himself and identify his surroundings. Um, and he points out, you could fill libraries with what we know about the human visual system, but what we know about human echolocation could barely fill a bookshelf. Yeah. True. It, it amazes me that, like, our hearing range is enough that you could pick up on any of that. Yeah. Because I feel like our frequency hearing range, like, isn't as good as, like, a lot of other animals. No, but if... I don't know. Today, it's quiet. We're sitting there um, watching TV or whatever. There was noise going on and stuff. And then Pat was walking around, like, watering the plants and stuff. And I, I think I felt him come over before I saw him pass me because, like, he caused like a stirring you know like a small breeze um it's just like isn't that weird what you could like feel or like yeah your house and you can hear different people's footsteps on them and you're like oh someone's on the stairs oh it's pat nope it's rain (laughs) nope it's the dog (laughs) yeah you can sense people watching you that always creeps me out when you can't see somebody watching you but you can feel them watching you (laughs) (laughs) not good yeah, and then you get murdered. Let me know if that happens too often. the worst. <laughs> um, and this guy also teaches his skills to others. So that's cool too. Hmm. Um, especially teaching people that can then teach other people. Like really getting yeah. the word out there to the blind community and stuff. Um, he said his parents treated his blindness as more of a minor part of his being they just wanted him first to be a kid and didn't uh get hung up on it was his words (laughs) yeah that's cool and he's a president of world access for the blind and advocates his teachings around the world he teamed up with researchers from six different universities to do an in-depth analysis of the technique uh, quote, the study sampled thousands of clicks from three different echolocators and examined their consistency, direction, frequency, and more, including describing a 60-degree cone of, sorry, cone of perception that radiates out from the mouth and provides the most detail in the scene. 
don't that's crazy. understand that, but yeah, it's cool. Um, and then he further explains when people echolocate, it's not like they can now see again. It's not like now they can see again, but echolocation does provide information about the space that's around people and that would otherwise not be available without vision. It allows them to orient themselves and so on, says uh, Lori Thaler, lead author of the paper. Jeez. Some paper paper that I didn't reference, apparently. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can think of it as an acoustic flashlight. That's kind of cool. That's crazy. I, like, don't understand. Oh, it's, yeah, amazing. Like, how your other senses are heightened and all that shit. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> was almost going to have a million, like, honorable mentions, but I cut <laughs> it down. I think this is my last <laughs> one here. Uh, this was Dean Carnaz's. A uh, man with unlimited endurance. <laughs> Think about that. <laughs> okay. Oh, Mind God, does gutter, he ever people. stop? <laughs> he is so fit. There is not an ounce of fat on this guy. Gross. Um, I mean... It grosses like... me out. I don't like bodybuilders, and I don't like overly well, fit yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not super, like, veiny like a bodybuilder. He's just very okay. lean. So, it's okay. just minimal veins. Little veiny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But, um, uh, this guy, I believe, was just born this way. Mm. <laughs> he is one of Time Magazine's 100 most influential people in the world. Has really? run 50 marathons in all 50 states in 50 consecutive days. Ooh. Why not? <laughs> and has run a marathon to the South Pole. Which reminds me of the Magician's books. I don't know if they do it in the show, but they... That's like their fourth year challenge, is if they can just use magic to get... Like, run their ass naked to the South Pole from the... Yeah. From, from the South School, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're supposed it's to be okay. doing casting the one spell to like keep themselves warm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And See, I I vaguely it... remember some things. <laughs> I'm that terrible. part is bizarre. I know I keep saying that, but it is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So this guy Dean has run ten relay races solo. So. Oh. I think I watched a show with some of these races before. 200 miles each, these races, which are usually run in teams of 12. Jeez. Well, I mean, you guess you don't have to worry about, like, passing the baton. (laughs) No. (laughs) Dropping it. You can just pass it to yourself 12 times. Yeah, we watched one where it was, like, I think they had to, like, row. Yeah, row for a bunch, and then they got to... It's like this ultra marathon we're watching on TV. Then they got to a, like an island, and they'd like hike for a while, and blah blah blah. Jeez. And like a few people were like, some were dropping like flies. They just like got, you know, like overheated or whatever. And then they were just like, basically dragging their whole team down because they, you know, had like overexertion or whatever, where you just have to like sit down because you're gonna like pass out or whatever. Yeah. 
It's just like, whoa. And he just did them by himself. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, what's up? I'm going to run past you now. <laughs> Give you a high five. He's not even sweating. <laughs> yeah. And You're he's like, like you guys up. have passed off. I've done every single one of these. I'm all of you combined. Bye. <laughs> I'm sure he's that annoying guy at the gym, but I wouldn't know. I don't go to the gym. <laughs> um, he has run the world's toughest foot race, the Badwater Ultra Marathon, and, quote, won the Four Deserts Challenge, racing in the hottest, driest, windiest, and coldest places on Earth. Oh, wow. Okay. You really know how to have a good time on your days off. Um, he is a New York Times bestselling author, three times winner of the competitor magazine's endurance athlete of the year award and basically born on august 23rd 1962 in la he started running for fun in kindergarten on the way home from school (laughs) on his 12th birthday he biked 40 miles to his grandparents home for fun without telling his parents (laughs) oh my god shit I wonder if they were pissed. I'm just relieved. <laughs> oh my god. Um, he said, I walked out of a bar on the night of my 30th birthday and decided I was going to run 30 miles to celebrate. I blame my running career on bad tequila. <laughs> Sorry. Because you went outside to vomit? or <laughs> And you decided to run 30 miles instead. <laughs> he was like Forrest Gump. <laughs> yeah. Why? What are you going to do now? Turn around. <laughs> oh, One theory is that Dean has lactate dehydrogenase syndrome. I was just going to ask, does he have no lactate in his body that his muscles don't seize? Oh, look at you asking smart questions today. Yeah. He don't need don't no potassium bananas. But it... Yes, that is what this uh, syndrome is. It Mm. would be in which he does not produce lactic acid during exercise. And some testing has supported this. Okay. Unofficially, I guess, yes. (laughs) But I don't need no banana. That was a thing. Okay, I guess not. (laughs) I don't understand bodies. Okay. (laughs) Um, Dean says that according to DNA Fit... He has the endurance gene, and it's that's a DNA DNA Fit is a DNA testing site focused on fitness, like Twenty Three and Me, but but fitness athletes. that's weird and very niche. Yes, yeah, it must tell you some athlete stuff. I don't know. Ask my brother. Send me he's, in and get he's zero. Been into... Oh yeah, we shouldn't make fun of bodybuilders too much. I know my my brother's been in fitness competitions before. Um, and he's not too veiny. (laughs) All I think of is my brother who, um, knew this guy and his girlfriend. The guy, like, competes all the time in, like, the really big, like, bodybuilding ones. And, oh, wow. Um, when, like, obviously their weight, like, fluctuates, and when they're, like, gearing up for a competition, they are, like, drastically changing. But, yeah. Um when he's like a couple up to a couple weeks before like a competition and stuff, his muscles get so big he's unable to wipe his own ass anymore and his girlfriend no. has to do it. And that's why I cannot stand 
thinking about bodybuilders is all I can think of is who's wiping your ass. That is extreme. Because it ain't you. Because your arms are so big you can't fucking reach behind yourself to wipe your own ass. Yeah. But yet some guys are super big and not all bulging, veiny, roidy muscles. Like the guy that plays the mountain... On, from Game of Thrones. His name's like Thor Bjornsson. I don't know. It's on my Instagram. Yeah. Isn't he like <laughs> technically next... overweight? Could be. Yeah. I think I... my brother said that. He's obsessed with him and the mountain. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe according to some fucking... What are those? It's like the... Oh, God. Um, not DNA. Bad testing systems, right? Yeah. Like, did, don't they say that, or what's the one that they started? Body index telling people Oh, like about? BMI? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Some stuff hasn't it been debunked. I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not, I don't obviously follow a lot of that crap, but I mean, it's to each their own. If you eat healthy and look into that stuff, that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. I'm just uh, pissing everybody off now. No. <laughs> um, okay, I'll end with this. This guy has a quote, too. He says, uh, he quotes a Portuguese proverb, rather, to explain his ability. And it goes, he, uh, Jesus, who runs for pleasure never tires. I don't oh, know. Maybe okay. it's. I think it should be he who runs for pleasure never tires, but maybe yeah. I cut that out. <laughs> yeah, and if on a whim, he's just running with kilometers. I mean, my dad used to be able to long distance run, and he would just run and run and run and run. Um, I mean, and then I your can't do it because I get jelly. Yeah, after. I can't do it because I get like shin splints on like second two. Um, and, like, immediately mm-hmm. my shins feel like they're gonna crack in half. Like... I can barely keep up with Pat and the dog walking. They're so long-legged, and then I feel like I'm getting shin <laughs> splints. I'm like, my little legs. I'm like, I'll just speed walk or, or like, do a light jog. That'll be easier on my legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and that Crazy. is my segment. That was insane. Very cool. Okay. I I like people with, like, different, like, things that they excel at that aren't, yeah. like, typical things, but that things that, like, the average person could conceivably, like, accomplish, too. Yeah, wasn't that... Wasn't that one of the first guy's quotes? If I can do it, you can do, do it. Oh. Oh, okay. No, I think I'm. Did I. Did I say the Iceman's quote? Because he. He said, I am no superhero and I am no guru either. Anything I can do, you can do too. Oh, okay. No, you didn't say that before. (laughs) It was right after the. They didn't get sick with E. coli. I think I skipped right over and went, Next guy! (laughs) Oh. That's not as interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, what's up next time? Uh, We are doing... Well, the next regular episode is going to be a little trip to China for some true crime. 
Yes. Because we haven't done a country, like, theme true crime episode in a little, in a, a number of months, so. Let's see if it does as good as Japanese true crime. I'm hoping so. Yeah. I There's I know what my up, case baby. is. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> it's gonna be horrible. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll do organized crime again then. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm scared. A little scared of China and North Korea. <laughs> yeah, there's communism. <laughs> Dictator. No, I bought one of your phones. Don't come after me. <laughs> yeah, you have a Huawei. <laughs> Huawei. I, Huawei. That's. I think I ask you every time how to pronounce it because it just looks like a keyboard oh, no, smash. No. Huawei. Yeah, it's it's an H that maybe you say more like a W. <laughs> yeah. I do have to say your phone has by far the best camera I have ever seen in a phone. Her our yeah. pictures all come out like like pre or like post Photoshop, like before. Right when we take it, it looks like it's been photoshopped already. It's beautiful. All the coloring yeah, and lighting, never... everything's great. I do agree. I like the, the yeah. camera, and I know don't know how to photoshop or really do much yeah. with filters or anything. <laughs> so, yeah, it's pretty much all. It is it is what it is. You, what you see is what you get. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's definitely recommend for the, for the camera, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So you said our next regular episode was China Crimes, and then... Yeah, what's our, our May Patreon? Patreon? Uh, uh, we just decided. Yeah. <laughs> it's... Oh, I, I wanted to do um, more declassified, so... Yeah. Government cover-ups. Yeah, we're or, doing some conspiracy yeah. theory stuff again. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Get out your tinfoil hats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get ready. <sighs> that will be coming soon. <laughs> yep. To a Patreon near you. <laughs> yes, please join Patreon. You would it's fun there. <laughs> love the support, obviously the money, but we have a bunch of episodes that we really had a lot of fun recording that we want to be able to share with more people so yeah this will be like our 13th bonus episode on there so we've got a lot going on there it's not bad yeah (laughs) so if you like us then you can rate us review us subscribe and if you really love us you can join our patreon and and if you join at a higher level you can even pick an episode or a case we might cover which be really cool facts it's bitching yeah (laughs) all right well keep it cryptic (laughs) thanks for listening (laughs) bye bye This has been Castles and Cryptids. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and our YouTube channel. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. 
follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. On our website, you can listen to all of our episodes as well as view pictures for each of our segments. Check out our Patreon page to view all of our tiers and become a Patreon supporter today to unlock monthly bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes content. We are working on an Ask Us Anything. You can submit questions by social media or by email at castlesencryptids at gmail.com. Do you have a spooky ghost story, a creepy cryptid sighting, or a thrilling true crime tale you would like to share and have us include in a future episode? Send us your listener story by social media or by email. Please include the name that you would like mentioned. Our music is by Kobe Fair. Our logo and artwork is by Antonio Garcia. Thanks for listening!